0: Good morning, my name is Ryan Schreckengast, and I'm one of several preachers here at GFC. And when my wife and I got married, we included a Filipino tradition called the cord and veil ceremony into our wedding proceedings. And the cord and veil ceremony uh, is is this. There is a veil that is draped over the bride's head and over the groom's shoulders And symbolizes his headship and responsibility as well as her submission to him in their marriage. And then there is a cord that is tied around both of them joining them symbolically as one mutual entity in submission both of them to Christ in the bonds of both unity together and his love. Christ's love. And I remember being extremely nervous as we prepared to have this ceremony as part of our wedding. I wondered, what are my wedding guests going to think? Because as soon as we said the word submission, I thought we were going to offend half of the people in that room this morning not this morning, many years ago, (laughs) but I thought we would offend them. And I may offend some of you here this morning as well, depending on what your perspective is of that word submission. But I am so glad that that was a part of our ceremony. And I am so excited to share with you this morning the same. Because it is possibly one of the most important things that my wife and I have learned and continue to learn in our marriage of many years. Namely, that before everything else, our marriage is intended to be an image or a picture of the unity between Christ and the church. That is the first thing, the most important thing that our marriage can do well. So as my wife submits to me in godly wisdom, and then I love her in that same godly wisdom, what we do is we draw each other more deeply into the unity of Christ and his church And we both know him more intimately. So that's the goal for us this morning. That because of the unity between Christ and the church... Wives submit to your husbands... And husbands love your wives. And let me assure you here from the very beginning... That if you do not fall into either of those categories... If you are not a wife or a husband here this morning please, these verses still dramatically apply to you because of that purpose of marriage. To be a picture imaging that unity between Christ and his church. Which, if you have accepted Christ in your hearts this morning, then you are all a part of that relationship, regardless of your marital status. So we're going to focus this morning on verses 22 through 33 of Ephesians 5. That's on page 919 if you took one of the Bibles from the lobby. And it's important, I think, that we first consider two crucial verses that frame the context of this uh, out of Ephesians. The first is from Ephesians 5 verses 15 and 16. And it's going to set up all of the following sections that we're going to read for the next several weeks as we study Ephesians. These verses say this. Look carefully then how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the best use of time because the days are evil. So friends, here we get this challenge to walk in wisdom. And that's going to be the drive behind chapters 5 and then for the next several weeks also chapter 6. And that brings us to the second point of context, which I want to draw our attention to, in verse 21. It says, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So what does it look like to walk in wisdom from verses 15 and 16? It looks like submission out of reverence for Jesus Christ. And this is so key for us to keep in mind as we study today's word. Because we must submit to one another out of reverence, that is the elevation of Christ. And so Paul, the author of Ephesians, recognizes for us that it is very, very difficult to do this wisely. Wise and godly submission is hard because the days are evil. And it is so, so easy for any of us to walk as unwise as verse 15 warns. And so, Paul helpfully unpacks here for us a series of three case studies that are going to help us to walk wisely in very practical and specific ways. Chapter 5, verses 22 through 33, which we'll study this morning, talks about that wisdom as it applies to wives and husbands. Chapter 6, verse 1 through 4 talks about that godly submission for children and parents. And lastly, chapter 6, verses 5 through 9, talked about the bond servants and masters. So that is a, a broad picture of where we will be going in our study of Ephesians over the next several weeks. But this morning, we are going to look at that first example. What does it look like to walk in wisdom out of reverence for Christ for both husbands and wives, and the entire church, friends. So let's read verses 22 through 24. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ so also wives should should submit in everything to their husbands. Friends, these verses show the manner in which wives can submit in godly wisdom to their husbands. As a picture of the unity of the bond between Christ and the church. So verse 22 starts off by reminding the wives of why. The why of this wise submission. It says, as to the Lord. That's a call to remind us back of verse 21, which said, out of reverence for Christ. So the godly submission of a wife to her husband is not because he is her God. It is because God is her God. And so she can be a living picture of the bride, the body of Christ. So friends, a wise marriage recognizes that the roles within that marriage, both of wife and husband, have the tremendous supernatural potential to be greater than the people who are filling them. They become living examples of the church and of God himself. According to verse 24, a wife has this amazing role of representing the entire church. Essentially all of God's people as they stand before the Lord. And she does that in every way that she wisely submits her husband and yet we must remember that because the days are evil there are many ways that this role of submitting can be done unwisely one way that submission can be done unwisely is to place that husband not as a picture of God but in the place of God Submitting friends to evil or wickedness simply because a husband has this role is not what God is calling wives to. That's not what he calls his church to. Remember, this must be a picture. And so if he's not calling his church to submit in that way, he is not calling wives to submit in that way. So this means... That it is not godly ever to submit to abuse. And if that's what you are experiencing in your marriage, women or men, I ask you to talk with one of the elders. Because that is not the proper picture of Christ and the church. And it cannot be allowed to continue. But on the other end of the spectrum, the role of wife could unwisely reject the call for submission, thus giving the false image that the church is somehow independent from its head, Jesus Christ. And that can also not be allowed to continue. That's likewise not how God has built his church to look. And so we must image him in our godly marriages. So friends, the goal of this command of submission is not to greater divide wives who must submit to their husbands. As it's sometimes assumed to be. But the goal is to create greater unity between wives and husbands. Because Christ-focused submission must draw both parties into closer unity and alignment with God. And so the images and the roles of both husband and wife represent christ and his beloved body. So how, friends, does this apply this morning? Wives, submit to your husbands as a picture of the unity between Christ and the church. So, to do this, the first thing you must do is understand the true picture of exactly what that relationship is between the between the church and Christ. So that means, wives, please study your Bible so that you will know how the church is designed and what role it plays so that when you hear that word submission, your definition is the biblical one. That is so important because the days are evil friends and we must not walk as the unwise but as the wise and the world will tell you lies the lie that submission is weakness the lie that submission is inappropriate and many, many variations on the lie of what the term submission means apart from the perfect picture of Christ and His body. So wives, you are being called to a tremendous responsibility to know according to the Word of God how you are called to submit in godly wisdom and similarly if you are a member of the church of Christ's body male or female married or unmarried all of our responsibilities are the same godly submission to Christ the application for those of us who are unmarried is to walk in wisdom as a central and crucial part of the body of Christ. So friends, let me encourage you that if you are not married this morning, you are not experiencing a lesser unity. You can experience through Christ the greatest unity of all as you are united with him and this friends will take work just like a marriage takes work and so this passage in Ephesians helps us all to know what the will of the Lord is as it says in verse 17 wives or wise submission is at the heart of unity and should be at the heart of our church. So wives, submit to your husbands. All of us submit to Christ just as Christ likewise submitted to the Father in all things. So do you see, friends, this word submission... If done right, is a beautiful picture of what Jesus Himself has done. And so we all must strive to be wise as we know the will of God. But unfortunately, or sorry, this is a tremendous responsibility. But fortunately, fortunately, neither the wives, nor all of us in the church bear this responsibility alone. That would be, friends, a crushing weight that we could not bear. Because God has likewise given husbands to love and sacrifice for their wives, just as He gave His own Son, Jesus Christ, to love And sacrifice all of us. To bear the weight. Of making this kind of holy unity. Between two people. Possible. So let's read verses 25 through 33. And see the wise way. That husbands are called to love their wives. Husbands. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound. And I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you Love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Friends, these verses show the manner in which husbands are to love their wives in godly wisdom, as a picture of the unity between Christ and the church. So here is our calling, husbands. In verse 25. And it is no less than to love our wives with the same love as Jesus Christ. And Paul further expands that. Meaning that it is to give ourselves up for her. I especially love verse 26. Because it goes so much deeper. This is not simply a self-sacrifice. That the world recognizes as a good idea. To make a marriage work. This is not some duty. That we have to perform. To make our wives happy. Happy wife. Happy life. Friends. that. Is not how Jesus gave himself up for us. The goal is holiness. Husbands. The goal is unity. Remember that responsibility that the wives have. And the church has to know the will of God. Friends, look at verse 26. What is the role of the husbands? To make that possible through the washing of the water of the Word. We must in unity know the will of God as we seek Jesus. And his wisdom first. So your love for your wife husbands. Goes so far beyond. Simply providing for her. Or leading her. It is the embodiment. Of the covenant sacrifice. Of God. That he himself. Died. That we who are sinners, could be united with him. And I don't know about you, gentlemen, but I find that calling to be a little bit overwhelming. I remember when I first was considering marriage to Steph, I was broken because here I was, Considering taking on this incredible role as a husband to be the head of my wife who herself was this godly, godly woman. And when I looked at my own relationship with the Lord, I saw that I was in no fit shape to represent Christ to her. And as I read these verses, as I prepared my heart and asked the Lord, should I even marry this woman? I realized two things. First, that my own relationship with the Lord absolutely had to go deeper. And second, that though neither one of us was perfect or would ever reach perfection in this lifetime, what we could do, through the power of the Holy Spirit, and the redeeming love of Jesus, is that we could both draw each other into greater unity with God, and with one another. And we could do that through our marriage. And so that, friends became the driving desire of my relationship with my wife, that we would always, always grow in unity with the Lord. Because, friends, as we become more united with God and with one another through our marriage, we cease to be separate and we become one. And that leads Paul to adjust his metaphor in verse 28. He begins talking about becoming one body. And he stays laser focused on this central theme of unity. He says that for the husbands, as you walk in wise love for your wife, you will progressively See her not as separate from yourself, but as part of yourself. Just how Christ sees us, friends. Not as separate from himself, but as united with him. And that is mind blowing. And so, Paul quotes in verse 31, Genesis 2, verses 22 through 34. He says, Then the man said, This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. By quoting this here, Paul identifies in verse 32 that God's intention for marriage since Adam and Eve was to be a picture of his unity with the church man will leave the family that he was born into and then become joined once again with what he has been separated from. Do you see? Starting with Adam, sin would forever separate humanity from God. We would be taken out from him. And every subsequent generation would then be born into a family of sin. But, through the sacrificial work of Jesus Christ, we who believe in him become the bride of Christ. And we could become one flesh with Jesus once again leaving that sin that we had once belonged to and holding fast to Jesus our savior and all of that was established at the creation of man and woman before man sinned and before there were even any parents for children to leave. Friends, what an incredible mystery that we are seeing revealed in Christ and the church. So once again, husbands, this is what you are called to image in your marriage. The plans of God for unity set in foundation from the very creation of humanity, going on through the early church, ongoing today, and on to the eternal union of Christ and his people forever. So how does this apply? Husbands, love your wives as a picture of the unity between Christ and the church. And just as Christ loves us in countless ways, so friends, there are numberless ways for you to love your wife like Christ, and for all of us as members of the church to experience that love of Christ. And I want to focus this morning on three of them, three specific applications For husbands who desire to walk as wise before the Lord. And three applications for us as members of Christ's body. One, giving yourself up for her. Two, sanctifying her. And three, cherishing her. First, husbands, give yourself up for your wife. For me, one way that I have been convicted to apply this is to often prioritize her ministry above mine. Both my wife and I have many ways that we serve the Lord together. But if she has an opportunity to minister to our neighbors, then it is my responsibility, friends, to do everything I can to make that happen. If you are not married, I encourage you to know that Christ gave up everything for you. For you. As part of Christ's body, his death and resurrection is the most intimate, personal love that any of us will ever know. And you can know it, friends, because Jesus died for you. And he wants to show you that love. Secondly, husbands, enable your wife to be sanctified in Christ. That means help her to experience Jesus more fully through your marriage. Read scripture together with your wife. Wash her in the word of God. Demonstrate for her through your actions the immeasurable, sacrificial love of Jesus. For me, this looks like walking with her through the frustrations that she encounters on a daily basis. When she has a bad day with her lupus and her hands ache, or she has been frustrated when she's dealt with children disobeying, she feels overwhelmed by her responsibilities that she never seems to have enough time to do. Friends, I need to comfort her and draw her to the greater source of comfort, Jesus Christ. And I confess that I rarely know the words to say to comfort her myself. And so often, I will say nothing and just be with her. Because the Holy Spirit promises to never leave her, to never forsake her, so how can I do any less, even when I don't have a solution? Friends, for all of us in the church, where do you go to be sanctified? Do you run to Jesus, who is your head? Because he must be the source of our holiness. Husbands, it's not you. It's Jesus. There is no other place to be washed as white as snow, but through his blood. And as he sanctifies us, as he makes us more like him, then we will become more unified with him and we will become more like him. Whether we are earthly husbands or not. So friends, invest in your walk with the Lord so that you can show your wife, if you are a husband, or anyone that you encounter, if you are not, a true picture of what the heavenly bridegroom is like. And woe to the husband who gets in the way of his wife and the holiness of the Lord. Husbands, if you imply through your actions or words that the love of God is dependent on performance, or that the love of God is selfish and demanding, or that the love of God is limited to certain times or places, then you are lying about the very character of God himself. And you are not a wise husband but a fool. If you abuse your wife in any way, physical, verbal, or emotional, then I warn you to beware because not only are you giving a false picture of the love of God, but you are abusing the very bride of Christ. And he has very specific judgments for those who mistreat his church or those who prevent his little ones from coming to him. Third, husbands, cherish your wives. She is more valuable than any other gift that God has given you. Her opinion is the most important. And her well-being is the first priority. Help her to see through your eyes. The same beauty that God sees. When he looks at her. For me this means guarding my time carefully. Carefully. And not taking on so many responsibilities that I burden my family. That I add to my wife's difficulties. We frequently have different ideas, my wife and I, about how much time is appropriate for me to spend apart from my family. But you know what? her perspective is more important than mine how often did jesus take time to be with his closest disciples his church in place of the other ministries that he could have been doing he did it as often as they needed that's one way that i cherish my wife For everyone here this morning who knows the Lord, please understand how much Jesus cherishes you. He's not a cold God, far off. He is your attentive husband who wants to know you in the big things and the small things because you are his treasure. Friends, you are his true love. You are more beautiful to him than all of the stars in the sky and all of the kingdoms on earth. So please, this morning, do not be deceived that what God cares about most are the big important things. What God cares about more than anything else in the universe, is you. Because he cherishes you. Lastly this morning, I would be remiss not to return to the warning to walk not as the unwise, but the wise for both husbands and wives and all of us this morning. Friends, The days are evil and there are countless voices trying to define marriage apart from Christ. Both in the secular and even Christian culture today, there are unwise definitions apart from the word of God. Friends, the only one who is able to define marriage, is the God who created man and woman from the very beginning, who established the union between them in Genesis to represent His divine mystery of His relationship with His people. I won't give you examples, but you know what they are. Friends, only God... Is able to define marriage. And so any institution that images him wrongly fails to represent Christ. And so all of us, whether married or single, husband or wife, have the unbelievable blessing of participating in that eternal relationship of the unity between Christ and His beloved people. We can only experience the true love of God as we draw close to Him. And His love, friends, is not dependent on our performance It is not selfish or demanding, and it is not limited, friends, in any way. So I urge you, because of the unity between Christ and the church, wives, submit to your husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ, and may all of us be united in the love of Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, we come before you now, Jesus. We thank you for your picture. God, the image of the, what you would do, that you would come to die, that our sins, Lord, could be forgiven. God, that we could be made holy and unified with you, Jesus. We are in awe. God, I pray for our marriages, the marriages here in this, this place, Lord, imperfect as they are, God, I pray that you would become the most important thing in our marriages. God, that we would repent from the selfish desires in our hearts. God, that we would repent from from the temptations to use our spouses for our own comfort, God. I pray, Lord, that you would redeem these images, God. That you would, you would, through the power of your spirit, reveal who you are to us in our marriages. God, I pray for those who are not married. Lord, not yet married or, or may never be married, God. Lord, reveal yourself to them, Father. Through your spirit, which is no less potent, God, satisfy their hearts. Lord, give yourself to them. May they know a deep intimacy with you, God, beyond anything else. Father, you are so, so good to us. So I pray a blessing, Lord, over all of us here this morning, that as we draw near to you, You would hope you would sanctify us, God. You would unite us with your son, Jesus Christ, that we could know him and you forever. Amen.